that risk seeking to mobilize an even greater breadth global arts institutions to play a more prominent role in assisting their fields most vulnerable. Today at the panel, uh, we have courageous, award-winning practitioners walking on the sharp edge of politically engaged theater in Russia and Tunisia, and they navigate constant threats of censorship and political repression. Natalia Kalida from Belarus Free Theater could not join us today due to visa issues, and this deserves a separate statement. The barriers for international writers and artists visiting the US are growing, impairing the ability of Pan America and other organizations to foster cross-border dialogues that are so essential at this time. Um, individuals seeking to enter the US in order to appear in a single cultural event should not be required to undergo a visa process that is unduly complex, slow, and expensive. Such hurdles would make it virtually impossible to hold a gathering like Pan World Voices Festival, the essence of which is to allow Americans to hear from writers from around the world. But, thank you. But you know guys, at Pan World Voices Festival, we don't have any obstacles for artists. And Natalia, Natalia Kalida from Belarus Free Theater sent us a note, and I would like you to read it to you, if you don't mind. Dear all, those who know us and those who don't, we are terribly sad not to be at the World, World Voices Festival organized by the, our friends by Penn and Arc. The reason of our absence in New York tonight is a simple one. My husband and me are political refugees in the UK. We were smuggled out of Belarus in 2010. To be a refugee is to be a nobody. Every day you need to find yourself. It's difficult to find yourself as you know your movements are controlled by the system and you depend on a piece of paper. Nevertheless, the main thing is not to complain but understand that we are able to overcome physical borders. We at Belarus Free Theater prove it for a dozen of years. Every single day, our incredibly talented and same time courageous uh, ensemble uh, walks underground in Belarus, overcoming physical borders imposed by the dictator in Belarus. Stories of people who we tell in our band shows are much stronger than any corrupted power. We, artists, are stronger than dictators. We have three tools, creativity, morality, and our bodies. That mixture put dictators into a panic mode. We are not heroes, we are not victims. We are human beings who want to tell stories of life. Thank you, Natalia Kalida and Nikolai Halezin, founders of Belarus Free Theater. We are very sorry that Natalia couldn't uh, come, but we have two other uh, brilliant speakers today coming from very different parts of the world. And we are so pleased to have moderating our discussion tonight, Jessica Litwak, founder and artistic director of Heat Collective. Jessica is an award-winning playwright, an actress, a registered drama therapist, and recognized leader in the field of socially engaged theater. 
The Heat Collective produces workshop events and productions that bring together the practices of healing, education, and activism through theater. She has taught and directed the original work extensively in Palestine, Israel, Lebanon, Egypt, Iraq, Turkey, India, and throughout Central, Eastern, and Western Europe. She is frequent uh, workshop leader at the Freedom Theater in occupied Palestine, and she is also a core member and on the steering committee of the Theater Without Borders. So let me now turn it over to Jessica to introduce our extraordinary panelists. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, you hear me, okay. Um, welcome, I'm so happy that you're here and we have two wonderful women who are going to speak to us tonight about the work that they do and then we'll have a chance at the end for, for a few questions from you to interact with them. I just wanna say before I, I introduce them, a little something about Natalia. It's heartbreaking that she's not here. Uh, we really wanted her to be here and expected somehow through our networks to be able to achieve uh, her, uh, her presence. Uh, the, the, the issues are complicated and I won't go into them here, but I just wanted to share a little bit about something that she came and organized here in New York, uh, I think a couple of years ago. She frequently, uh, the company comes and performs at La Mama but this day they were protesting the fact that in Belarus the bodies of, um, of, well, of people who are um, protesting, the bodies of protesters that have been killed, are not returned to the families. So she wanted to make sure that this was known here and that we had a, a real showing of support to give the bodies back. But being a theater artist, she created a physical metaphor which we all engaged in. Many of us, I'd say about 50 of us, went down to City Hall and got into body bags and uh, stayed there for quite a while, zipped ourselves up into these white bags and, uh, and stayed there while people outside of the bags were um, we're giving people information about this and hoping that this, and people had to walk you know, in, uh, in that neighborhood through to go to work and lawyers and things. So it was a very uh, interesting and theatrical protest. And Natalia and her company are always thinking of things that can be metaphors for, uh, for change enacted theatrically, but with political reasoning. And they're, they're doing beautiful work in London uh, our friends Culture Hub, also connected to La Mama, are doing telepresencing so that their audience in Belarus can see them uh, even though they're doing pop-up performances in the tube. So um, if you don't know of their work, please, please find out more. Okay. Now here in the flesh, we have some magnificent people. We have Varvara Fayer who is a theater director and one of the founders of Theater Doc. She's gonna tell you all about this incredible company. She's the director of the famous political satire, Burlas Putin, after which Theater Doc was expelled from its rented space after this performance. Uh, translating for her will be Nodra, and she's going to um, be speaking to Favre throughout in Russian. 
sitting to my immediate right is the beautiful and incredibly brave and talented Miriam Buselmi, who is a writer, director, and lecturer in literature and theater studies among other from among other places, Morocco, Paris, Brussels, Berlin, and Tunis. She's also a lawyer and since 2010 registered member of the Bar Association in Tunis. So these are very brief bios because now I'm going to give them the floor to talk more about their work, who they are, and what they do. So that's my question. Who are you? <laughs> who are you? And what do you and your theater company uh, focus on? And what are you working on now? So those are the questions to inspire you to speak for a few minutes. Uh, about your work. So, Miriam, would you like to begin? Okay. Um, hello. Please, I just would like to ask if it's, it is possible to uh, make the light and uh, ambition a little bit uh, less strong so we can, yes, to, to, so I can see you in the eyes because I think we go to theater to uh, create an eye contact and I don't like so much to don't see people uh, in the eyes. <laughs> so this is the first thing I, I do in life. I try to, to, look, to look at the other, to look at the world. Uh, it's difficult, of course, to, um, uh, to speak about ourselves. It's for me uh, always more easy to speak about the others, but to speak about myself is very difficult. But let's say that... Um, uh, I, th why I don't speak about myself or I don't like uh, uh, to make uh, a long thing short because I hate rest uh, this idea of uh, reduction and I think that's that today we live in a, uh, in a world where uh, we think that we uh, know everything and we are supposed and we are asked to know everything and to have uh, an opinion, to have a position about everything. So. Um, uh, I am fighting first against this, uh, I know everything, I am the public speaker or I, I am fighting against the reduction uh, of the complexity of this world, the complexity of a culture, the complexity of the human being, the complexity of a biography to a small uh, labels or the small uh, talks or to small uh, yeah, conflicts like a nation, it's just about two or three dates or a person is it just about one or two uh, incidents, yeah. So I think the first, uh, first thing uh, I am doing in theater is to take the time. I am so lucky uh, to be an uh, artist because I am paid to take the time to reflect, to think about the things to use the time to uh, re-look, to have a new look at the world. Most of us, we, we of course, uh, this is the, the good, uh, the, the positive image, and there is a negative image as well, because, um, uh, of course, I am also as a free, uh, um, uh, comment dire ça? Alors, uh, as a freelance artist, I, I, I am under stress to produce all the time work. So I am also like all the time um, uh, have to fight to find uh, the possibility to produce work. And uh, um, this contradiction, actually, it's in the bottom uh, of my questions today, how we can 
produce art in a free way. That means how much freedom left for us to really produce something that can inspire people, something that can uh, give us um, uh, a new way to deal with the things, something what, which can uh, be uh, not like these mainstream uh, narratives, very negative mainstream nar narratives of the world. So uh, yes, it's a lot of things. Thank you so much. Let's. Uh, just here, for, and you will have much more chance to speak with you soon. But Varvara, I ask you the same question. Who are you and can you tell us a little bit about the work you do and what you're working on now? Здравствуйте, я тоже хотела со всеми поздороваться. Я буду говорить по-русски, потому что не очень хорошо владею английским. Hello, I wanted to uh, say hello to everybody. I will speak in Russian because uh, my English is not uh, as fluent. Я представляю здесь театр .док. I'm representing theater .док. Как документы в компьютере вот в Word. Like the Word doc. Он так называется, потому что он организовался как театр документальной пьесы. It's called this way because it was organized as a theater of documentary pieces. Когда мы начинали в 2002 году, это было очень необычно в России, потому что никаких документальных пьес не могло быть там. When we were starting in 2002, it was very unusual in Russia because there were there couldn't be any documental pieces, any documental uh, documentary works. И театр возник для того, чтобы в первую очередь для того, чтобы дать слово современному российскому драматургу и любому драматургу на постсоветском пространстве, потому что наше Министерство культуры и правительство убеждало всех, что Чехов последний великий драматург, после него никто не родится никогда. Drama uh, works because our Ministry of Culture and the government uh, were saying that Chekhov was the last great dramaturg, uh, um, and there will be no one after him. Вот и тут образовался театр док, и оказалось, что талантливых драматургов в России на постсоветском пространстве просто дохрена. Um, then the theater doc was started, and it turned out that there were the, a whole bunch, a whole, yes, a bunch of uh, talented uh, drama uh, writers and uh, directors in Russia. Поскольку на тот момент с драматургом у нас никто не считался, и первым в театре и в кино считался режиссер, то это был такой протест драматургов. Это был основан именно как театр драматурга. Театр слова. Because at that point, uh, um, the prestige of a of theater director was nothing compared to the prestige of film directors. It was a sort of a protest at that point. То есть авторы хотели молодые авторы неизвестные хотели заставить уважать себя и им это удалось. So young authors, uh, they wanted to have the public uh, respect them, and they were able to achieve that. Уставом театра в театре запрещены костюмы, декорации 
грим, музыка, и актеры обязаны играть свой возраст и свой пол. Um, in our rules, regulament of the theater, it's prohibited uh, costumes, decorations, makeup, and music, mm -hmm. and the, um, the, the actors have to play their own gender. Age. The theater pays a lot of attention to uh, social justice issues. И uh, мы придерживаемся теории малых дел и стараемся поддерживать uh, тех, чей голос тих, слаб или они вообще его не имеют. And we um, adhere to the theory of small deeds and we try to support those whose voice is uh, quiet, weak or it doesn't exist. Ну и всем талантливым молодым драматургам у нас как бы предоставлена сцена. And we provide our stage to um, all young, talented uh, directors, theater directors. Но у нас полное разнообразие вот нашего так называемого репертуара, потому что люди талантливые все очень разные, взгляд на мир у них очень разный, и все на нашей площадке могут высказаться. Мы независимый театр. Мы независим от нашего правительства Путина и от нашего Министерства культуры, к счастью. Um, so we have a very diverse repertoire because uh, talented people are very different. They have different points of view. And we are an independent theater. We don't depend on the government, on uh, Putin or uh, anybody in the power. So, Miriam, um, uh, we're going to get into a conversation between Miriam and Varvara, but would you like to say one last thing about the theater and then we're going to begin our conversation? So I said every, all, okay. everything important. Well, thank you. That's, that's really uh, very clear, both of you. And uh, thank you. So I just took some notes of the things that you spoke about. And Miriam, you spoke about the complexity and the kind of layers of, uh, of work and experience and being, in a way, uh, an underground artist in the world of theater. I would love to ask you both what it means to work underground. Um, you've both had experiences working in what I'm gonna just say is the light, or uh, legally, you know, above ground, and than underground in a, in a more uh, protest, uh, a protest, a free protest zone versus, <coughs> excuse me, versus being in the public eye. Can you talk a little bit about that, about the difference between being underground and in the light? How, how does that affect your work? How has it been um, for you to make that shift? Can you go back and forth between the two? <laughs> um, I don't see the things like this. I think for me, uh, 
I, I consider myself as uh, um, someone who wants at least or uh, uh, look to be in the underground because I understand the underground as a counter culture, as um, a resistance to the mainstream culture and as a critical mind uh, to what is going on, what is uh, uh, easy to do, what is uh, commercial, what is uh, um, uh, what, wh what is the official public uh, uh, cultural policies uh, uh, try to do, and what is the majority. I consider also my work as a, as a space where I uh, try to to reflect and to uh, question uh, the established uh, ways of thinking and uh, uh, les evidence, uh, the uh, evidence and um, the things that we don't question because we get used to it. So uh, we were speaking uh, with uh, Varvara in the um, t 10 minutes ago about uh, the language. For example, today uh, uh, we I, I am so uh, so concerned about uh, the way the culture um, um, the cultural system or the artist uh, use the same language as the the politicians. For example, div diversity, immigration, uh, victimhood. I mean, all the time we are just. I mean, all the time, main of the time, uh, we talk about underground or some artists present themselves as, as uh, underground artists by they reproduce by their work the same speech, the same discourses, the same. Uh, um, uh, labels the same frames as uh, what the uh, cultural policies, what the official system are uh, deciding for us. So when I say that uh, for me, uh, the question is how much we are free because if we, today if we speak about the underground, art, it depends on the funding, raising funding. And the funding today, it's not you have a project and you uh, do your project and you get the money. No, you have to label your project, you have to write, to apply, make application. Uh, and this application, every year you have a fashion uh, team. So this, uh, one year, 2010, 2011 was the spring, Arab Spring, Tunisian Revolution way. We had a lot of uh, possibilities to make, uh, we were invited every Everywhere, as a Tunisian artist, I had a lot of possibilities, so the, my problem was what to choose. Today, <laughs> today we are not anymore fashionable, so there is no uh, interest at all at Tunisian artists, but there is a lot of interest for Turkish artists, uh, Ukrainian artists. So uh, I think um, um, uh, the problem today is to uh, uh, rethink and to uh, make a new definition, no, not to make a new definition, but to, to, to see exactly uh, the meanings of the words and to deal with it in another way. And Barbara, uh, we spoke a little bit uh, before about the difference when you had the building and when you lost the building uh, to your company. And you were saying there was different difficulties in each circumstance. Can you talk a little bit about that? Да, могу, конечно. Значит, у нас, собственно говоря, все просто. У нас Министерство культуры Российской Федерации налоги, поступающие в федеральный бюджет, считает своими карманными деньгами. 
Yes, of course I can. Um, uh, really speaking, everything is simple because our Minister of Culture of the Russian Federation thinks that the, uh, the taxes that are being contributed to the federal budget are their pocket money. И они распределяются ну, через Министерство культуры, например, на фильмы, которые будут сниматься по сценарию, который написал министр культуры. Или на фильмы, которые хвалят Путина. Вот, но ни в коем случае не, не, не на наш театр. Ну, то есть никакие гранты, никакие, ну, никакая поддержка из бюджета для нас невозможна. Поэтому мы, в общем, от этого не зависим. Вот, и, собственно говоря, мы лишились помещения э, там по нескольким причинам. Сначала у нас был спектакль э, о Сергее Магнитском, вот час 18, замученном э, в э, тюрьме из-за того, что он раскрыл э, правду. Потом появился вот мой спектакль Берлус Путин, острая такая политическая сатира. Потом еще ряд политических спектаклей. Таких вполне себе зрительских и свободных, популярных. И в конце концов директору театра позвонили доброжелатели и сказали, что если мы хотим остаться в помещении, которое мы сами платим за него, то мы должны снять с репертуара Берлус Путин и другие политические спектакли. And then uh, uh, the director of theater received a, a phone call by a good willing people uh, that said that if we wanted to continue um, staying there that we need to um, take off the Berlus Putin uh, show from our repertoire. У нас директор гордая, сильная женщина. Она не только отказалась, она еще и пригласила украинских режиссеров с фильмом про Майдан. Это было объявлено в афише, и в этот день пришел участковый милиционер. В театр и сказал, что ну Лучше не показывайте, как-то вот лучше вам будет. Гордый театр Док снова отказался. Ну, послал его как бы по известному адресу. Вот, и приехали украинские режиссеры, начался фильм про Майдан, шел он ровно пять минут. 
-hmm. uh, then the Ukrainian directors arrived, the film about Maidan started, and it was uh, going on for uh, exactly five minutes. Потому что в театр ворвались люди, значит, в черных масках, с собаками, с автоматами на перевес, просто в огромных количествах. Значит, они вышибали двери вот просто вот ногами. Вот they were kicking out the doors. Просто like переворачивали все костюмы, реквизит, вот все вверх дном, там компьютеры в администраторском. They were, they were throwing around the, and all the, the costumes and computers and all the, all the theater provisions. Значит, всех вот ведущих вот этого вечера арестовали и увезли в полицию. All the hosts of this evening were arrested and taken into police. Опечатали здание. It was imprinted. The theater was imprinted. The, the building. Вот и в общем сказали без полиции не входить. And so they cannot enter without police. И в течение двух недель, ну они просто у нас придурки, как бы они одну дверь опечатали, а вторую забыли, поэтому мы две недели еще давали спектакли, заводя зрителей со служебного входа. They didn't. So for another two weeks, we were still, you know, doing shows and uh, inviting the audience through the second door. Вот, но когда я вошла в театр, в общем, вот после этого погрома и увидела, как висели дверные косяки и вот эта пена, на которой держатся двери, и как был разбит антикварный реквизит, разорванные костюмы и такая маленькая деталь там у нас были. Конфеты, ну, подарочные в доке. Вот как бы вот эти вот менты пожрали все вот эти конфеты. Это было неприятно. So, but when I went there and I saw how these doors were destroyed and um, they were just hanging off of uh, somewhere and all the theater, uh, you know, goods and provisions they were destroyed, the costumes, and even we had some antique um, things we were using in the theater that everything was destroyed and the, the The, the, the cherry on top was um, these the, the candy, chocolate candy that we got as a present. So these these police guys, this, these guys, they ate our mm -hmm. chocolates while they were doing a pogrom at our theater. Вот, а они ворвались, собственно говоря, повод, они придумали такой, что э, в театре заложена якобы бомба, и при этом их сопровождали два человека из Министерства культуры. Не щадя живота своего. So the the reason that they used to justify you know breaking into our theater and destroying it was that there was a bomb, you know, hidden in the theater. But at the same time, they were accompanied by two people from the Ministry of Culture that you know weren't afraid for their for their stomachs. А театр находился в жилом здании, ну имеющем верх там девять этажей. And the theater was located in um, a residential building that had nine stories. И почему-то, когда они искали бомбу с собаками в течение часа, они не эвакуировали жителей вот этих вот до девятого этажа. So for some reason, when they were looking for the bomb for an hour with dogs, they didn't evacuate all the residents of the building. Вот. Более того, они, значит, взяли в заложники нашего техника и специалисты из центра Э, это по борьбе с экстремизмом какой-то полковник, два вот эти человека из Министерства культуры и наш техник, 
Еще час смотрели вот этот фильм про Майдан в якобы заминированном помещении. And they took our um, technician, our IT person, um, hostage, and so this uh, our, our technician and the uh, these two people from Minister of Culture and this military uh, guy, they were watching um, the film about Maidan for an hour in this supposed allegedly, uh, you know, place where a bomb was hidden. Вот, и потом в 5 утра только наших арестованных смогли освободить. Вот директор и художественный руководитель театра ДОК сами поехали в полицию с адвокатом. Только к 5 утра смогли их освободить. В общем, и мы ну, начали искать новое помещение. Там многие друзья предоставили нам свои временные площадки. So only at 5 o'clock in the morning um, we were able to release our arrested colleagues. The director and our director of theater dog, they went to police at 5 a.m. To, to, to get our um, colleagues who were arrested with lawyers. And in the meantime, we were, um, it would, our, some friends were providing us with uh, temporary places to hold, to hold our space. А мы нашли новые помещения. Люди краудфандингом собрали нам деньги на ремонт. Через четыре месяца мы поставили спектакль «Болотное дело» о задержаниях на Болотной площади вот во времена протеста 2012 года. И нас выгнали снова. Нет, нас оттуда выгнали. Там опять пришли люди с собаками, ну, там прокуратура, МЧС, участковый, ФСБ. Центр по борьбе с экстремизмом, специалисты зубойного отдела и даже специалист по твердым отходам. This is something that I wanted to just bring Natalia's voice in a little bit too, because she, of course, had to leave Belarus, but now in London she is facing different kinds of persecution and censorship, and some of it is self-censoring. So, um, and I know, Miriam, you are now living in Berlin. Uh, I wonder how that affects you Do you ever feel the need to self-censor in order to get funding, as Natalia does? Do you feel, if you're in a, if you're now feeling freer in Berlin than you were in, you're not? Absolutely not. Okay. Of course, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I I like always to think about um, this joke. I don't know if you know it. Um, about uh, a, a German worker who was sent to si Siberia uh, and uh, he made a deal with his friends that uh, he will send letters but he knew 
that uh, his letters will be uh, read by uh, the censorship. So he said, okay, listen, we make a deal. I will write in blue uh, ink or in uh, uh, black ink um, uh, the truth, so what happened really, and uh, the liars, will, I will write them in, uh, in red. One month uh, after he arrived to Siberia, the first letter came to his best friend. Hello, here everything is okay. We have nice apartment, it's very big. There is uh, a good heating. Uh, you go to the shops, there is everything from the West. You can buy everything. There is even uh, very nice girls that you can uh, um, get, them, get, uh, get them for an affair. Everything is... Uh, possible, except to find red ink. <laughs> so, so I think today, uh, for me as a, a, an artist, what is uh, uh, missing is this red ink. And uh, in Tunis, I had to face. I mean, uh, I, I I I I am born in 1983, so I grew up with Ben Ali for uh, 29 years old. I was working under a kind of. Uh, I will say a, a, a system, uh, not a di real dictatorship in the in the sense of uh, 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 Russia, uh, uh, Putin, Russia, but it's a dictatorship that you can speak about all, except about the political, about, about the president and the the family of the president. So we always use metaphors to to speak about that, and everyone understood. And we have even uh, some artists who became like heroes, uh, you know. Uh, and they play with the system because I think that the system needs as well some protesters so he can uh, show that he, it's a kind of show of his power as well. So he needs some people that became uh, famous and go outside uh, of the country and pro presented as a protesters and then uh, that means that there is a system. So. This was a problem so we deal with it with metaphors and then uh, we made this revolution or something happened and as a, uh, a naive person in this time I thought wow so change is coming so now we can do things in another way and I started to do I said no more metaphors now I would like to do uh, theater find a new aesthetics and here I, I had to face the di uh, dictatorship uh, of aesthetics of my colleagues and of the audiences because for them they they were um, uh, used to uh, works with metaphors, so you cannot say this is uh, to find another language, a direct language to say, okay, I am against political Islam in this piece, uh, Sabra, or what, was gibt's neues nach der Revolution? What is new after the revolution? I was staging uh, uh, scenes from the um, uh, facts, I mean, about how political Islam started to be uh, very present in the city, w about aggressivity, about violence, and using very direct references. But in a poetic way, of course, because I think that in theater, uh, it's always about the way you stage things, but I said no more metaphors. Now we do the things with another language. And then I, I had all the people telling me, I mean the press, the, the, uh, the, the play was censored. It was more censorship 
uh, after the two, 2011 than before 2011, actually. Be and also the self-censorship, because the actors, the performance, I had to, 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 to change the performance three or four times, because for them, they cannot um, um, assume the discourse to say, uh, as, a, as a, a laic person, I have the right to, to or a citizen uh, in a, uh, in a um, burning uh, uh, democracy, I thought that we can criticize what is going on, so we have the freedom now to criticize, but for them they were not able because they were so afraid of being aggressed by Islamists or the, uh, Salafists who came to our rehearsal space and tried to uh, stop us to do the work. So actually, uh, uh, the, the fight for freedom to do and how to do was more clear in Tunisia. But then when I uh, started to, uh, to live in Europe, because I also left Tunisia, because I said, okay, I am fed up with fighting for the, uh, for the basic things. That means also uh, we have to choose the fight. I think today in Tunisia, it's a big mediocrity. This is, I mean, uh, since uh, Aristotle, uh, uh, he spoke about when democracy become only a theatrocracy. So when we, everything is staged, when theater is everywhere, so what we can do? My question today, if, uh, if you look at the, what is going on around you, it's th more theater than what you can uh, think as theater, yeah? As a writer or as a play director, I am all the time surprised, okay, that can happen, okay. In my imagination, not, yeah? So <laughs> this is the problem. So uh, today in Tunisia, it's a theatrocracy, so I thought, okay, uh, for, I mean, when even when I was in Tunis, I was all the time making work in different uh, parts of the world and in a moment for also personal, uh, personal um, uh, ambition to achieve some things, I wanted to, to go and live in, uh, in Berlin and uh, to do also a new PhD about the staging of justice, which is uh, something uh, that can rely my both, uh, were my both professional careers as a lawyer and as a, a, a writer and play director, which is not possible in my country because we, not, we don't have this possibility to make um, PhD in such uh, um, uh, two, ca yes, exactly. But then uh, as an international, uh, artist, I find myself facing these cultural policies where you have to also be the victim. So if I want to do uh, work, I have to, uh, to, to deal with what the, uh, what the Germans or what the uh, French people or decide for me to do. So I have to work with immigration or I have to work with the diversity or I have to work with the women. Uh, I have to say that in my country I am a victim. I have to put the veil or no, in my country I drink, I am free, I do that. I am struggling uh, like here. So it's also like, uh, where is freedom? Where is the, the red ink? There is no red ink. And the problem that we cannot speak about this and freedom because it's, we can see it, I, we, people don't see it. And even my friends, my German friends, or colleagues, I mean, or my European colleagues, they are also obliged to do these applications and to choose the words. I mean, it's very important, the words. There's another joke that I really like about uh, uh, a theater maker who uh, went to um, uh, the director of, uh, of uh, an uh, let's say, of, uh, about uh, went to, to meet a director of cultural affairs in a ministry and asked him, I would like to create a school for uh, dramatic arts. He said, oh, sorry, you know, we don't finance uh, schools. 
So he thought about it and then he came again after one month and said, listen, I think we have to do a conservatoire for uh, theater studies. Oh, he says, no, conservatoire is not our interest. The theater maker didn't lose hope and he uh, took again two or three months to think about how to present the concept, came back and tell him, told him, listen, I think uh, it will be so good for, your, uh, um, for the city that if we create an institute for advanced studies, theater studies, and he said, yes, this is our interest. Uh, actually, an institute will be very interesting for us. So it's just uh, a school, uh, conservatoire, conservatory, or um, uh, institute. And then, if you get the right words, you get the right. You get the. Uh, yeah, you go to the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. So this is <laughs> this is also for me, like for these uh, colleagues, they are not free and they cannot put the words about this and freedom. What is freedom when freedom is about uh, uh, pre-settled uh, 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 choices? Are you free when you choose to eat a cheesecake or a, or a, um, uh, a chocolat chaud? I, I, I mean, this is the only freedom we have today as artists. I don't see uh, anyone who is able to do a work out of these frames, out of this way, the, the political, power decide for us what we have to do because even when we do protest you are protesting against the system so we are not able to see ourselves or to see the world out of those frames and i am all the time searching how we can do it out and without being in this fighting against how to create and not to react this is a big question, and uh, this is not uh, in Tunis or in America or in uh, uh, Europe. I think it's a global uh, problem, and uh, I don't know how much we are uh, conscious, aware about it. I wanted to, yeah, thank you. Um, we have about five minutes left, and I, uh, there's so many things I want to ask you. Um, what I, what I want to throw out is a couple of things, and, and Barbara, Respond however you want. Um, do you, f first of all, I'm very curious about who your audiences are uh, now that you've, uh, you've lost these buildings and you've moved into other um, venues of, of performance. And then also, do you feel that theater of resistance and uh, theater itself is a useful tool uh, in, in, uh, in making change? Do you, do you see its effect on the audiences and the people around you? У нас вот какое-то время назад появился термин люди с хорошими лицами. Some time ago uh, this term, term was created uh, people with good faces. Вот наш зритель это люди с хорошими лицами. Um, our audience is, uh, is are people with good faces. Очень много молодежи. A lot of young people. Но просто спектакли настолько разные, что вот любая публика приходит и на инвалидных колясках приезжают и инклюзивные показы там вот для аутистов и даунов вот сказку я показывала там ну и другие коллеги тоже это делают. Um, uh, our shows are so different that the, public, uh, the audiences are also very diverse. Uh, we have people coming in wheelchairs, and we even had an inclusive show for um, for kids on the autism spectrum. 
Спектром? Это Считается, что в Москве театр ДОК является таким оазисом свободы высказывания. Uh, it's considered that the theater dock in Moscow is sort of an oasis of freedom of uh, expression. У нас очень часто после спектаклей идет дискуссия, общение со зрителем, и зрители говорят, что вот воздух, воздух, вот можно дышать. Вот мы пришли сюда и вот можно дышать. We often have discussions Q&A mm -hmm. after uh, the shows, and the audience members say that it's it's like air, it's air, we can breathe, it's possible to breathe. И и мы ну работаем ради нашего зрителя. Вот, и остаемся в России ради нашего зрителя. Просто мы, мы нужны ему, потому что если нас не будет, ему будет нечем дышать. That's kind of that's a that's a very American question. <laughs> it's uh, those. I, I'm always accused of having an American smile, which is sort of like if you could make Disneyland, what would it look like? I don't mean that so much, but I mean, what are you reaching? Is there hope? Do you feel there's hope? And and that's that's one question. And the second question, just to finish up, is this is Miriam's first time in America. She's been here since yesterday, and her first time. And I'm glad that this is the city she's she's landed in. Um, and so the second part of the question is: there anything you would like people here specifically to know uh, in this country about what's going on in your own? Yes. So, Barbara, that is that. My dream. Mm -hmm. My dream. Я то вот на самом деле так посматриваю в сторону Станиславского и понимаю, что такая свобода творчества у него была, потому что у него был свой свечной заводик, ну в кавычках. Вот. И я вот как-то так размышляю, что театру Док и, может быть, мне лично нужно иметь вот свой свечной заводик для того, чтобы не зависеть уже вообще нахрен ни от чего. Чтобы была полная финансовая независимость, и тогда можно делать вот, вот просто все, что хочешь. Вот это моя мечта. And when I think about theater dog and uh, me personally, um, I'd like to have this kind of a, uh, a candle factory so I, so I could do whatever the fuck I want. And there's the financial independence so I could do whatever I want. Вот, а то, что касается, чего бы я хотела, чтобы узнали люди в Америке, мне кажется, вопрос-то вот, немножечко по-другому нужно поставить, потому что э, я вижу в своей стране очень большую проблему нагнетания огромной ненависти э, к Америке и э, укрепления вот, очень дурацких стереотипов про Америку. Um, so about the second question, what I would like to f people here to know, I think it has to be um, asked a little bit differently because what I see in in Russia is that there is some kind of a promotion of hatred towards America. Uh, 
И вот если бы, это тоже про мечту, кстати говоря, была такая возможность с помощью вот американских людей искусства вот эти стереотипы разрушить в стране, вот в моей, вот это было бы здорово. А в самой Америке широчайшие просто, ну, как бы культурные слои, тут столько всего много, и, и так много информации, и есть к ней доступ, что, в общем, людям надо немножко отдохнуть от этой информации. What I like is that for American people to talented American people to destroy uh, these kind of stereotypes in Russia, and also in speaking of America, there is very, very huge um, um, cultural uh, levels here, and a lot of information and very a lot of access to information. And sometimes maybe it's good for people to take a break from this to relax a little bit. Thank you. Okay, I'm told we're out of time, but would you like to say one? last thing inspired by those questions or anything you would like to say to the this American audience your first but not your last um, I believe in human being and I don't feel uh, Tunisian or uh, Berliner or American I feel first human being and in theater I am connected to the human and uh, a human being is the capacity to create poetry, to see beauty. And for that, I would like to finish maybe with a sentence, with a, uh, with a, a small poem from Apollinaire, and to continue with the, uh, uh, the speech of Varvara. Uh, Apollinaire says, uh, it is big time to rekindle the stars. And I hope uh, that all of us be part of this uh, big uh, soft power which is about uh, make the star everywhere. Everything is possible without uh, hope and without, we need the utopia to keep uh, advancing in, uh, yeah. Yesterday, uh, maybe I can say this. Yesterday I was walking, I don't know the city and I, I, don't, I hate to, to read the maps, so I just, I was walking. And I, I wanted to see the Statue of Liberty. So I, I, I arrived by heart, really by heart, without any uh, uh, other um, uh, detail. I, I arrived in the, uh, in the, comment dire le port? The port. The port, yeah. And I saw the statue, so I was walking, walking. I think I walked for two hours, something like this. And the more I walk for the statue of freedom, the more the statue of freedom wa was away, was so far. <laughs> so in a moment I said, okay, it's now I'm tired, I stopped. But the hope that I am, I will arrive, keep me walking. <laughs> so I wish you as well to keep walking for this. It'll be <laughs> beautiful. So before we end, is there we have time for a couple of questions. So are there questions that you'd like to ask both or either? Yes, please. Most of the set was a 
academic Yiddish theater in Moscow, which functioned for 30 years, and it was very fast. In 48, in January, they killed the main actor in Hoyle, and a couple of years later, there was a big trial, and they killed the second main actor. There were two main actors, you know, called Ruskin. And 48, they say, oh, audience is not coming, so what? this is Flaubert. Audience was afraid to come, because there was a, everybody was walking in, would be like, a, ah, you are anti-Soviet. So, so this was one. In the 30s, Barbara and everybody knows Russian theater, they, they killed or destroyed or threw out the best, the best people in theater. In Israel, there was an incredible um, director, Les Furbach. They, you know, they, they didn't execute him, but they, they took, took his theater away, which was one of the major at that time. They took Cairo Theater was closed in the 40s, and it was also one of the best theaters in Moscow. So I, th I think it, they were worse. But you know what? With Putin in charge, I don't know where, when it stops. Yeah. And this is in, in, in some point, the freedom, even relative freedom, even the, you know, the one we have now, it's still a blessing in comparison to what was happening in, you know, the, during Stalin's time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, this is a much, much longer conversation than we have yes, time for. Is there a, uh, you would like to respond? Yes, go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, in comparison to Merhold, who uh, had all of all of his uh, fingers broken one by one, and then he was um, drowned in uh, in shit. Um, I, 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 you know, we're compared to that. We're in chocolate. We're covered in chocolate. Вот, но просто если сравнивать, скажем так, Путина и Сталина грубо, ну так популярно, то Сталин был злодей, тиран, а Путин, он вот такой вот мелкий пакостник. So if we are comparing Putin and Stalin, Stalin was an uh, evil uh, uh, tyrant, and Putin is like this little, um, little like troublemaker that bugs you. Вот и как говорила мать Тереза, не отмечай погибнем от булавочных уколов. And how Mother Teresa was saying, we will not die from a sword, but from this needle, pick, you know, pickings. И вот, понимаете, вот это просто вонь, которая стоит в атмосфере, вонь. Человек же может задохнуться, понимаете? Это, ну, как бы то же самое дерьмо, просто вот оно от мелкого человека исходит. Вот, там дышать невозможно сейчас. So the stink that it's up in the atmosphere, it's impossible to breathe because it's just so stinky, this horrible smell, and a human can die from this because it's impossible to breathe. So uh, we are out of time, but uh, so we don't end on that note. I know we have many, I, unfortunately I'm being told we have to stop, it's very sad. But um, we can continue to speak. One more question, okay, great, thank you. Who is it? Oh yeah, I can't see you, go ahead. Sure.
illusion of uh, freedom, the the, <laughs> the statue of uh, liberty. So you keep going on. You don't have a choice. Uh, it's a big cat. I can't. Uh, I have to. Uh, uh, I can't continue. I have to continue. It's it's just that. It's absurd. It's life. It's being alive. I think for myself. I can't go on. I'll go on. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to end with the the. Huh? We are winning. I also want to remember your uh, statement a moment ago of the breath that your theater gives to people. So you said when people come to your theater, they can breathe. And I think that's a wonderful thing to end on, because the theater is the one place we hope we can always breathe. Please join me in thanking these two amazing women. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Thank you to our wonderful panel. I just want to add a little note that if you guys think that um, it's uh, interesting, important what we are doing. You can always go to pen.org and there is this magic button and you can support our work. Um, and uh, I also want to invite you all to another of our Eurasian events uh, tomorrow uh, at noon here in Subculture as well. We will have three poets from three different countries, um, Russia, Belarus and Ukraine, talking about life during wartime. I think it's very important, very timely, and it's going to be a really fantastic discussion. You're all invited. Um, and thank you to you. Thanks to Subculture for providing this wonderful venue. Thanks to you, Catherine. Don't see where she is. She's a great producer of our today's event. Um, and uh, now we can still have another drink at the cash bar, so you're more than welcome. <laughs> thank you again. Thank you all. Yeah, 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 yeah